just another day, I guess, in the STC universe, man. <laughs> yeah. Holy fiasco, starting this up again. Are we ever going to get through a fucking show where there's, like, no technical issues at the start? Uh, it doesn't look like it. doesn't look like it. But uh seems to be working now. We're here. We'll find out when we uh, do the playback. So here we are uh, remotely talking to each other again, not in the same room. But uh, it is getting late at night, which, uh, as you know, angers me. Because you have to get up early? Yeah, some of us work tomorrow. Why don't you be a man? Oh, you don't have to work, do you? I'd still get, it's still early, man. It's not even ten. It's not even nine thirty for those of you listening. I should be in bed at nine thirty. It's nine twenty-two p.m. and this mother is complaining. I'm gonna be up till midnight, and then I got to get up at seven a.m. and deal with my two kids. No, you do not. Yeah, I do. Hmm. I'm sure. I'm sure one of your staff members can look after them. Uh, no. Uh, uh, what's her uh, face? I don't even I don't even know her name, but she's off tomorrow. Juanita, Juanita, or it might be Esmeralda, whatever. So, I uh, started this Google Hangout with you, our usual way, but I'm having to use one of my older computers because uh, my daughter's at her grandparents, and she had the nerve to take her brand new computer with her, which I normally use. So uh, I get it all going, and at least I'm excited I could use, with my older computer, an analog microphone so I didn't have to get out my big blue Yeti and plug it in and all that rigmarole, just old-school analog. And, uh, of course, that didn't work. Go through all the preferences and uh, try turning it on, and the software, I don't know, the software doesn't recognize it. I don't know what was happening. So then I dig out the Blue Yeti anyways. You probably saw me doing that. Plug it in at the side. And uh, nothing happens with that either. Software doesn't recognize it. So, uh, and even the onboard microphone on the computer on the laptop isn't even working. I, it boggles the mind. So uh, had to come up with a quick solution. So that's why there's actually three accounts talking to, uh, talking to each other right now because I had... Uh, I'm hosting the Google Hangout with no audio, and I invited my cell phone to join us. So I'm actually doing this through, through my cell phone, joining in the conversation with Joe. How's it going over there? Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh. I just said, how's it going over there? Oh, good, man. Holy mackerel. Sorry, man. Transformers and beer is taking over this podcast. <laughs> okay. Really? What have we got lined up for tranny talk? Then? <sighs> Nothing. Still working on a couple articles. You've seen how successful that's been over the past two weeks. <clears throat> I don't even want to talk about it. We actually you uh, passed out on top of the keyboard a couple times. Mm. <laughs> oh, speaking of passing, check this out, man. I went to the uh, yesterday was Canada Day. Happy so Canada I took, Day. Uh, pardon? Happy Canada Day. Yeah, same to you, man. You didn't okay. uh, you didn't uh, reply to my Twitter Happy Canada tweet. Yeah, I did. You did? 
I hit the favorite button. That's it? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Deserve a little bit more respect. Anyway, I was at the... Uh, I took my... Uh, me and my wife took my parents to the game, right? Because my mom's never been to a, a Jays game before. So we thought it'd be nice. And I usually try to take my dad every year. So um, we went to the game, and it just reminded me, because you, you mentioned passing out. Uh, I passed out for 10 minutes in the middle of the game, sitting beside my parents. <laughs> and my wife hit me to wake me up. And I know what yeah. you're going to say. Oh, how how's that not a surprise? Baseball so boring. <laughs> ah, it was just a beautiful day. They had the dome open. I already eaten like three hot dogs. I had a full thing of pops and peanuts. Stomach was all full. I just uh, sat there in the sun and uh, closed my eyes for a second. And that was it. Yeah, none of that story is surprising. None of it. Who else? Uh, who else can be surrounded by forty-six thousand people and pass out? Well, half of them are asleep too, you know, with the baseball. So. No, oh, it was a good crowd, man. Good game too. They won eleven two. Hmm. They're already up five nothing in the first due to some multiple home runs. So it was good. Yeah, boring. That was my Canada day. What'd you do? Nothing. Nothing. Just uh, chilled out, relaxed a bit. Uh, yeah, that's about it. I saw you finally finished Resident Evil Four. Oh, that's true. I did that. Yeah, I put in. Geez, at least a couple more hours to finish that mother. Oh, what chapter were you in that? Uh, oh, when you and I finished uh, looking at it. You were what chapter four? Yeah, four something would have been four three or something. Yeah, chapter five ended up being super long, like super long. I told you, man, that game is awesome. Just when you thought it'd be over, it just keeps giving you more and more. It is yeah. fantastic. If you'd have bought it as a kid, it would have been great that it kept going and going. Absolutely, know, man. Playability, but uh, I don't know. At this age, or the reason we were playing it for the Cartridge Club Game of the Month, uh, I just wanted to be done. Come on. It took forever. Speaking. I got to say, uh, the last, uh, maybe the last couple levels, you know when the helicopter comes in, starts helping you out, starts mowing down a ton of uh, bad guys. Yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that one. But uh, man, ammo got scarce in that uh, fifth chapter. Got down to nothing. What'd you think of the final boss? It was cool. I I beat him first try. Oh wow! Um, Good for you. Yeah, I just kept running around, and uh, I saved my rocket launcher because I knew you'd need that for him. And, uh, <clears throat> You know, you got to go to a couple platforms, and it launches some crane, some I-beams at him or something. You do that a couple times, and then uh, Ada throws another rocket launcher for you. That was my hardest part, was figuring out where she threw the rocket launcher. I just kept running back and forth, and I couldn't find it. Hmm. And then once I found it, I ran with it, turned around, and I didn't even aim. I was just... Uh, I loaded up the thing and just started hitting the fire button. As soon as I hit the fire button, it launched the cutscene, so I knew it was done. Nice. And I was like, yes. But you were playing on easy, right? No. No, there's no easy. Just normal. And then uh, then it makes you do a stupid jet jet ski level. And I died a few more times just trying to get out of the oh, island. Really? 
so stupid. I'm like, just end. End already. Did, uh, are you going to bother with the next uh, Cartridge Club game of the month? You're not really into RPGs anyway, and you don't have a Super Nintendo either, do you? Nope, you're right on both those fronts, mm-hmm. so I'll be passing. It's funny, though, because you're not the only one who said it, right? Uh, Ramvox uh, said he won't be doing it, and uh, Kevin possibly be won't be doing it either, and same with... Um, <clears throat> Uh, the guy that they had on their last uh, podcast. It's Rocket Sauce. Rocket Sauce, that's it, Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, so yeah. I'm surprised a lot more people aren't into it. I'm excited about that uh, Battle of Evermore. Is that what yeah. it is? Something like that. I can't That's the Led Zeppelin song. <laughs> oh, I know. But um, just the fact that it's an RPG, man, I'm surprised more people aren't into them. I love those games. Well, I hope you play it. No, uh, Rambox started uh, an underground revolution, the CC Underground, so I'm probably going to jump on it. Although he's playing uh, Ratchet and Clank, the original one, and I checked through my stuff, I've got like four Ratchet and Clank games, but not the original, so Hmm. I don't know. Does that mean the Cartridge Club is being divided up? Jeez, I don't know. It's all with peace and love. Peace and love. I don't know. I don't like it. I think uh, I think there's a reason why there's you know rules and and you know it's just it's just 50, what is it? How many uh, fifty two games? Is that what it is? What do you mean? Oh no, I'm thinking of something different. Oh, you mean uh, the fifty two game challenge? Yeah, I, was, I don't know why I was thinking of that. Uh, well, they just the the CC just keeps alternating between whatever game, right? So yeah, sometimes you're going to play a game you don't like, but I think that's all the more better to have a good conversation with, right? Yep, I agree. I would give it a try if I had it, but I don't have it. So what can you do? I think uh, I think Ramvox should just suck it up and do it. Hey yo, there it is. That's it. Down. Calling out Ramvox. Do it. <laughs> And I bet, I bet he has it too. He's just being repugnant and not uh, putting it in. Hmm. No, if he doesn't, if he's not into RPGs, why would he buy it? That's true. I haven't looked into it. I don't think I've ever even played that game, so I'm not sure if it's uh, one of the rarer ones or not. I doubt it. If it's been picked as a game of the month. Well, why don't you freaking jump in and play for once? Uh. I would. I have to. I have to I buy my brother's you. extra Super Nintendo because I don't have one. It's like the one game system I never bought. Well, I'll just ask him if you can take it for a test drive for a month. Well, he's. I don't think he'd carry the way. He's got multiple systems, so. Yeah. So I told you he bought that new Super Nintendo, right? Like Bone White, Super Mint. It's the one with the rare or the more desirable uh, uh, processor chip. Yep. With the special serial number. Yeah, the one that that douchebag was giving me a hard time on uh, Kijiji with. Yeah, so, so tell that story. You were on, uh, you think you might have tracked down one. Well, 
I don't know which one it was, but I was on Kijiji and I saw some guy downtown Toronto selling uh, his Super Nintendo, complete and everything. He said. <clears throat> so I just asked the guy for, um, you know, can you send me some pictures or whatever, right? Because I'd like to see it and can you uh, tell me the condition of it, tell me what serial number it is. There's like 20 fucking questions with this guy. He goes, so oh, I don't usually take pictures. And he goes, LOL, too much of a hassle. And I find people aren't serious about it. And I'm like, Jesus, buddy. Like, how do you expect people to buy your stuff? I'm not going to drive an hour away just to pick up something. And then you're right and telling me if it's uh, bone white or if it's yellowed a little bit. Um, I'm not going to go through the whole story, but the guy was a dick. Went through like basically 10, e uh, 10 emails asking me why I wanted to know about the serial number information, and, I, and then I didn't want to let on that I was looking for the the more desirable uh, uh, processor chip one. So I just said, oh, I'm just trying to collect all the different versions of the of the Super Nintendo. And then he's going like, well, why? Why do you want to do that? Why this? Why that? Anytime I answered one of his questions, right? So eventually I just I brushed him off, and it's like, okay, buddy, you just lost the sale, you douchebag. Yeah, it sounds like it. Not supplying pictures as a seller, I, I don't get it. Yeah, I'm just going through my uh, um, going through my brother's uh, text messages here. So he's showing me his uh, his uh, Super Nintendo Junior. Um, he he bought a, a vinyl spray can paint from a Canadian Tire, and he painted it black. Um, he says it worked well and sticks to the system outer shell plastic, no problem. There's no paint runs. Uh, Super Nintendo Junior model goes, remember there are a few different versions of the motherboard, some producing the best and worst video graphics. I went with the Junior because it's the newest version released in 1997. All Junior models came with the one chip, which is the best producing picture. And then he found himself a Super Nintendo on eBay. Uh, he says it's not yellowed, mint condition, and it's the rarest, the rare, the one chip dash O3. He goes, he wasn't sure if it was a one chip or not when he bought it, but uh, when the seller uh, read him the serial number from the bottom, it was a high UN3 XXXXXX number. So, you know, whatever the other numbers were. Almost all serial numbers starting with the UN3 are a one chip, which is the one that you want. And then when he got it off, uh, when he got delivered, he took it all apart just to confirm that it was correct. It says it's pr pristine condition, no dents. Looks like it's never been really used, and he's surprised the plastic hasn't yellowed one bit. Wow. And then my other brother went over to his place, and they played some Ninja Turtles and Contra 3 on it. Oh. He's also going to perform the RGB mod to this one. Um basically soldering some wires to the chip. Uh, and I think that's just... Uh, RGB. I think that would have to do with it connecting up to, like, a L LED TV. Just to give you the better graphic. Yeah. Sure. Yep. No, that sounds it. like something you should run over there and shoot. Be good video piece. Yeah. So anyway, I'm glad he's living the life that I can't lead right now, blind shit. Left brain center. 
Very cool, man. Yeah. So, you want to get into this thing? Let's do it. All right. Start her up. Uh, thanks again, everyone, for tuning in, and welcome to another podcast episode of Start to Continue. I'm Joe. I'm sitting here, sitting on his computer at home, I guess, is uh, my partner in crime, uh, the man that I leave my family for when I go to work, the man that the ladies want to be with and that all the men want to be. Not only is he as thick as a tree trunk, but he's hung like one as well, my co-host, Bill. Wow. <laughs> That's something. Thank you. Hello, hello. If you've never listened to us before, um, STC Pod is a free-form podcast. We're basically we riff on anything and everything that interests the two of us, uh, ranging from video games, movies, TV shows, and everything else that's going on in our crazy lives. You can find and follow us on Twitter at STC Pod. Um, check out our blog, which is www.stcpod.com. You can find our podcasts on the blog as well as on the Podomatic website, which would be uh, starttocontinue.podomatic.com. And then, as always, check us out on YouTube where we try to put out videos whenever we can. It's uh, youtube.com slash starttocontinue. Wow. That, I think we're done now. Is that it yep. for the show? That's the end of the show. Fucking call it quits. <laughs> That's right. That's good, man. Wow, you did some homework there. You forgot to say we are completely live and unedited. Uh, I don't have to. You just said it. And available every Friday. Between 9 and 9.30 a.m. Yep. Depending on whenever we get our ass in gear. I don't know. Speaking of... uh, being uh, your brother buying up everything and you're jealous of him. Uh, I'm not jealous. I'm happy for him, but I'm just uh, irritated that I can't do it for myself at the time being. Well, I don't know. You came into the room the other day all uh, all wide-eyed and giddy because you got a postcard from Ken to post and uh, your gears were turning. Oh, yeah, yeah. I haven't looked into that yet. It's the uh, new Canada Post <laughs> mailing system. Come on. I'm drinking a beer, dude. Yeah. Um, yeah, Canada Post sent out this uh, mailing card where um, I guess you can have parcels sent instead of sent to your house, uh, sent to your, like your local post office, depending on how close it is to your house. So I thought this would be a good chance because, um, you know, I don't like having items arrive at the house. Uh, very often because, you know, the wife gets upset and this or that. So it's like uh, it could be the opportunity just to have items sent to the post office and keep it on the down low. So you can divert all your trannies to a secret location that you can pick up at your leisure. Yes. Hmm. Interesting. Or video games. Yeah, so I guess that I could just do with my brother because he's always buying... He's always looking for some rare games on the uh, on eBay, so yeah. Well, cool. It's a possibility, man. So, where do you where do you at what point would you tell it where to ship the 
Is it at the point of sale? You tell it. Yeah, the point of sale. I forget. I forget what the post office calls it, but it's like you put. Um, they don't call it like your your permanent address or your home address. They they the post office gives it like a different name. I forget what it's called. Hmm. Yeah, you just put that in as your address of wherever you're buying the item from, and apparently it works. Though I find that strange because usually your shipping address has to match the address that goes to your Visa, right? Or your PayPal yeah, or whatever sure. you use. At least on eBay it does. Now, maybe you have to log into Canada Post after it starts the shipping process with the tracking number and then divert it while it's en route. Well, I think I'm going to give it a try and see what happens. Right on. What else yeah. has been happening with you? What else? Uh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, something I want to talk about. I finally downloaded that, uh, that new Fallout Shelter app game, I guess. Right. From Bethesda. Uh, where is it here? I'll scratch that off since we're talking about that. And... Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Like I'm big in. Well, I, you, you told me about it because I showed you that I was playing on my iPad. Um, I downloaded the latest SimCity game, right? Yeah. You and playing out the Um, I just like the whole concept of having to build everything up from scratch, and you know it all stems back to like my uh, back when I used to play like RTS games, like um. Age of Empires on the PC or, you know, those kind of ones where you have to build up your civilization. Uh, so I thought I'd give... Uh, I haven't played SimCity in, in years. So I thought I'd just I'd download the latest one I was playing it. As usual, same bullshit that they do on all these app games, right? Where it's... Um, you want If you want to play fast and build yourself up faster, then you have to commit and buy, you know, items from their uh, the app store, right? Yeah, spend money. So I refuse to do that, so it takes a lot longer. But uh, I don't know how much time I'll put into it, but that's when you mentioned that uh, Bethesda had brought out this. Uh, oh, and we were also talking about the new Fallout Shelter game. So um, uh, you had mentioned uh, there's an app one, so I went out and downloaded it, and uh, it's really, really good. I'm going to do a little write-up on it on the blog uh, probably this weekend. <laughs> But um, I just found some information on it. Uh, Bethesda's mobile app game uh, set in the Fallout universe uh, skyrocketed to the top three grossing apps in the iTunes App Store within days of its release. Uh, Fallout Shelter dislodged King, King.com's Candy Crush Saga from a position in the top three highest grossing games uh, in the U.S. for the first time since January 2013. I've never played this Candy Crush Saga, but I've heard about it. So, Well, that was the uh, the one thing from E3, the one presentation I actually watched was the Bethesda uh, chat. Actually, I missed the first part of it. I saw I caught the fallout part of it. And they had a dude come out. I, I guess he was the lead designer or executive at Bethesda, but he was like a rock star doing this Fallout presentation. You know, with the leather jacket, with the cuffs pushed up on the arms and everything. Real rock star. And uh, 
he uh, surprised everyone by saying Bethesda had this uh, mobile app called Fallout Shelter, and uh, apparently no one knew about it. Everyone was very surprised, and he uh, talked later how he was shocked no one knew about it because everyone who works at Bethesda was beta testing it on their phones for months, and uh, it hadn't leaked out. So it looked pretty good. Um, I had to, when I saw you were playing that sim crap, I knew you had to try this one out. So what um, what do you have to do immediately? What's the first thing that you have to do once you launch the game? Well, it does a basic walkthrough where it's um, just to get you ac uh, accustomed to the controls. So you start off, you're the, the leader of this specific shelter. So it puts you through and tells you, okay, the first room you build is like... Um, uh, like a bedroom type of thing, and then you got to build like a dining hall, and then you build your electricity, and then you build a water uh, water conversion room. You know all all the necessities you need, like in a in a basically a shelter situation, right? And then people start coming to the front door of your shelter, so you got to let them in, and then based on their characteristics, uh, you know, like they got charisma, energy, intelligence, luck, all these other uh, role-playing characteristics, right? Certain rooms are uh, are assigned, like say the the dining room, kitchen, is a uh, is assigned with the letter A, so that uh, characters coming into your shelter, if their attribute uh, in the A category has a higher uh, numerical numerical denomination over other characters then you'd want that person to be working in your kitchen because his production would be a lot higher because his characteristics are, are more attuned to making food as opposed to, say, uh, converting water for energy. So you're doing that with your characters, and then in the game you're supposed to reproduce, so you get like a man and a woman, and you put them inside a bedroom, and then they basically talk for like 15 minutes. And then eventually they go back to, they go back to the bedroom, which is out of sight, and you see like these happy faces come out. So then two seconds later he walks out and then she walks out after him and she's already pregnant. This big belly. <laughs> and then you can send people off into the wilderness to explore and then they pick up bottle caps and they find guns and uh, articles of clothing and they build up experience too. Basically, and you just you, the more bottle caps you get, the more rooms you can build to your shelter, and it's done in a way where you're starting at ground level, and then you can build elevators that take you down. One elevator takes you down to the next level, so you can have like row upon row on top of each other as you go deeper into the ground uh, of a basic fallout shelter, right? So I've only got like 20 people, and you know. Your your food keeps going down, so you got to keep producing it, and your water keeps going down, and energy keeps going down. So you have to constantly be producing all these resources to maintain your shelter, in order to advance, right? Um, and also, uh, it's also noteworthy that in in the free to play space, there's no paywall timers in this game at all. So the only item you can buy in the game for real money. Uh, is is lunch boxes, 
which contain a variety of weapons, outfits, uh, dwellers, and caps, which are the in-game uh, currency. Hey, you can play completely offline, which is a big selling point, I think. Right, right, which is what I'm doing, yeah. So is there any kind of automation built into it, or do you have to be like hands-on 24 hours a day to get keep this machine going? Or can you kind of set things to run on their own? Uh, yeah, but when, like, say, your guys in whatever room they're in, like, say, the dining room again, uh, it takes a certain amount of time for them, produ for them to produce a meal component that goes into your meal stats, right? So when they're done, like, after two minutes or whatever it is, uh, you see, like, a, a, food I a food icon appear. So you have to tap that in order for those food points to go into your food meter bar. So you do have to you have you do have to constantly be on top of the game. Hmm. It's not like your food meter is going to constantly keep replenishing itself as they uh, finish making a meal, right? Okay. So when so, you turn it off, it, it the game is paused when you turn off. No, the when game. you turn it off and you come back to it, like all the rooms that are capable of reproducing something like food or water, electricity should have already completed that one cycle, but then you have to click on the rooms to to uh, to actually uh, get that item into your list, and then the clock starts counting down again for them to produce the next round of items, right? Hmm. So you, you still got to be on it every day to keep things moving, I guess. Eh? I'd probably say like every Jesus man, like every ten minutes. Oh, jeez. You know what the shitty thing is? Like even with that Sim City game, I noticed as well. Uh, this one, this one too, the Fallout. Um, it just sucks the battery off my iPad, man. Hmm. Like your iPad could probably yeah, be drained. Here. Probably be drained like maybe like in four hours. Yeah. But the graphics are great. Well, it's, it's not uh, on. It's not on the Android yet, but uh, I'll look for it. I imagine when it comes out. It's just on the iOS right now. Which I wonder why they didn't they didn't release an Android version of it. It's coming. No, but I mean right away. Like why why just do the iTunes version? Well, at, when you make something for iTunes, you only have to about you only have to worry about creating it for uh, one kind of phone, right? An Apple iPhone. Whereas when you create something for Android, you have to make it so it's compatible with all Android uh, makes out there, by Nokia or by Samsung or Alcatel, whoever else is pumping out an Android. That's right. Once you go Apple, you don't go back. Yeah, because you're a slave and you're in chains. But everything just works so beautifully, dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, for, I, found, I, I found something else uh, while we're on the video game topic. I was searching through, uh, I don't even know why or how I got there. My thing, I think it was uh, through Twitter. Um, one of the guys that I follow or one of the companies. I think it's called uh, New Wave Gamer. 
Right. Um, I think that's the website, newwavegamer.com. Anyway, it's um, a thousand and one video games you must play before you die. And it's a hardcover book. Um, I'll just read a, a little blurb on it here. Uh, for de devoted gamers as well as those interested in groundbreaking graphic design, this is the first most comprehensive and only critical guide ever published to video games. The video game has arrived as entertainment and as an art form, and this is the first serious critical evaluation ever published of the best video games and is a testament to the medium's innovativeness and increasing emphasis on aesthetics. Uh, it's compiled by an international team of critics. Uh, it's a collection of chronologically ordered games from the 70s to 2010. I just thought it would be interesting. It's on Amazon right now for $25. Yeah. There's some good reading there. Why are you fucking critical with what I'm reading for? How would I fucking memorize that? <laughs> you, you don't have to. You just talk about it in a conversational way. <laughs> I can't be bothered, man. Just get the points out and boom. Uh, it's good. You it's not an official history. Uh, oh, hold on, it's not an official yeah. history video game book, um, but it's laid out in such a way that it takes you from like Pong through the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. It features a description of the game and a full color screenshot. Um, and some of the less known games get a half a page spread on both pages without any screenshots. So, I just thought it'd be cool to check out some of those old vintage games that you really. You really never see any more or hear of. So again, that's a thousand and one video games you must play before you die. Check it out on Amazon. Yeah, no, that'd be a good page turner for sure. Look up whatever your favorite game was, see what they have to say about it. Some nostalgia. Some games you might have forgot about. Or games you've never heard of, man. There's tons out yeah. there. That's true. Um, what was it on Amazon? Amazon.com. Well, I was uh, had a little Twitter going on with a guy who's got a book on Amazon. Um, Richard James. Does that ring any bells to you? Not yet. Well, on our blog over at stcpod.com, I did a. I'm starting a new blog series called uh, Wacky TV Shows I Was Paid to Watch. Because uh, working in television, we're forced to watch some crazy TV shows, and what better reason than to, for a blog than to write up some highlights. So the first off was a crazy sci-fi show from uh, the UK, aired on BBC, called Space Precinct. I think it was called Space Precinct 2040, was the full title, and... Uh, you know, the, the plot was, uh, it was a cop story, like a police detective procedural, uh, except it's set in some space station with craziest looking aliens you've ever seen. And uh, you follow a, a couple of human cops as they solve organized crime and all this stuff while raising a family all in outer space. Um... So that was Space Precinct. Like, the aliens had huge head 
masks. Like their entire face was covered with this huge mask and they had eyes coming out of the side of their head. Basically everything of the actor was covered except for their mouth. So it was uh it was wacky to try and try and uh you know visually consume what was happening on the screen. So that was the uh first blog post in that series is on Space Precinct and I put a tweet out for it and one of the actors who appeared in the show, uh I don't know, caught the tweet somehow, favored it and retweeted it. His name is Richard James. And he played one of the dudes who wore the big giant mask. He played Officer Orin. And uh, he actually wrote a book about it called Space Precinct Unmasked. And it's on Amazon. And it has uh, all behind all behind the scenes stories and photos and cast and crew interviews. Because no, no matter what this show looked like, whatever its final product was, it had to have been hell getting this kind of production off the ground. Like, they created everything for this show. You know, the cop cars had to be, you know, cars that could float and all that. And the precinct was all, had to look futuristic. And it had, like, robots, like droids, and uh, and many different kinds of aliens. All on uh, television, which I think at the time, they said, for the BBC, was the highest... Uh, budgeted show uh, on the BBC at that time. Uh, when it came over to North America, it, it just North American audiences didn't know what to do with it, so it just got shelved or put on uh, late night. Uh, for me, I aired it late night on Saturdays and Sundays. Uh, I think we had all 24 episodes. We just aired them over and over and over again. Space Precinct. So if you check out the blog, you'll see a couple video clips, and uh, a full episode is on there. And if you go over to YouTube, you can find a lot, a lot of episodes. And I think nowadays, in hindsight, you can almost enjoy the show more, especially since we've seen more wacky stuff with, you know, the British uh, Doctor Who shows and whatnot. We seem to be more accepting of crazy prosthetics, but... You don't remember that show at all, Joe? No, I don't. I don't think I ever. I don't think I even ever came across of it. But it, it reminds me of um, one show that I was a big fan of that it does involve like uh, you know face masks and everything. It's the. Uh, oh, now it just slipped my mind. Awesome, the Jim Henson one. Oh, the movie? Uh... No, the, not the the TV show in space. Jim Henson TV movie show. The Jim Henson production. Uh, I, uh, you remember that show, Alien Nation? Well, I do, yeah. It, it was that kind of concept, too, where it was aliens mingling with humans kind of thing. Motherfucker. I don't know. That doesn't ring a bell for me. Jim Henson. It was televised. Yeah, they were in space. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Farscape. Farscape, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. That show was awesome. Farscape was Mind really, probably really had a, obviously a way bigger budget than uh, Space Precinct. I, I don't think it I don't think it did, but uh must have with it if it had the backing of the Henson company doing it. How many, and that ran That's a number true. of seasons too, right? Yeah. 
Now Farscape works. That was really good. Actually, I wouldn't mind getting back into that and watching it again. So yeah. it was really dark, too. It was it was really well done. I actually aired that show as well. It was a weekend. No, I think I actually had the strip of it. Like, it was an afternoon show for a little while. I was in heaven. I loved it. I think they got, what do you think, like six seasons out of Farscape? Yeah, it might have been like, I was thinking five. But it was up there, so pretty good for what it was, right? Yeah, it was, you know, it aired on sci-fi in the States and uh, space here in Canada. I remember I always tried to look for the DVDs for it, and the DVDs were super expensive for Farscape. Like, you could buy one DVD with four episodes on it for, like, 40 bucks. It was ridiculous. Really? Wow. And then when they finally put out the whole series on DVD, it was something like $500 or something. Hmm. Super outrageous. I imagine that show will make it on the blog series at some point, because that is a wacky show as well. You remember the little guy that was all a puppet? He was a, a king or something. He yeah, royal. he used to. Uh, he was on a floating something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He never walked around. He just he floated on like a little hover device. Yep. And that yeah. main bad guy with the. Uh, did he have like a red piece in his eye or something like that? Um, he had some kind of mask that was like really stuck on his head, like squeezing his head kind of thing, wasn't it? Oh, now I remember it was. He had like a uh, he had like an energy device in his head that would need to be changed every now and then. It would unscrew and you'd see it screw out the side of his head. Right. Like a nuclear device or something. <laughs> yeah, I completely forgot about that. Yeah, that was well done. Very well done. I liked it. It was, yeah. I gotta get back into that. A lot of people were turned off from Farscape immediately when they first saw the puppetry, but if you got past that, it was it was fine. Yep, they just they missed out, that's all I can say. I think that little floating guy, he was the only guy that was full on not an actor, it was a puppet, right? Everyone else was just prosthetics and makeup. But really well done. As as a main character, yeah, I think he was the only one that was a puppet. See, I think that's where uh, Space Precinct went wrong with the aliens. They were so outrageous because the actors' eyes were covered up. Uh, and they had these huge alien eyes sticking out the side of their heads, which worked, you know, I guess animatronically or whatnot. And uh, you just you can't take away the actors' eyes and mouth because that's, that's his bread and butter. That's where he gets all his work done. So... Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's what's happening with the blog. Next will be your turn with a submission. Yes, I know. I'll get on to it. Uh, speaking of which, I just remember that uh, that website that I had found all that information on, uh, newwavetraders.com. I don't think I said it properly at the start. Oh, very good, newwavetraders. Newwavetraders.com. And another website I came across of... Um, it's old news now because uh, it's in regards to Game of Thrones and whatever, but it's nothing to do with like a episode or, or spoiler, but um, I found this awesome site that has Game of Thrones artwork. 
and I'm, I don't even know how I came across it, but I think we were going to do like a, the final episode of Game of Thrones. Uh, we were going to talk about it, but then something happened, and we just now it's too late. But so I came across this website. It's called triple uh, w dot beautiful death dot com, and it's all Game of Thrones artwork. Uh, it's been commissioned by HBO, and it's an episode by episode guide to the most iconic deaths that happened on the show. Oh. So beautifuldeath.com. Check it out. Yeah, Some really nice cool. artwork in there, man. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, speaking, so Game of Thrones ended and a whole crop of new shows started. Have you watched any of the new shows? Yeah, I'm on yeah. to... Uh, Watching this new one with uh, your favorite guy, uh, Dwayne Johnson, called Ballers. Yeah. yeah. You should give it a try, man. I watched a second episode um, last night. Pretty good. Basically, it's uh, the the biggest comparison I can give it to is it's Entourage, but set in the world of football. And he's some kind of money manager or something, isn't he? No, he's an ex-football player who's just recently retired, and um, he's working for, or he's been brought in to work for, um, like, a talent agency, I guess, you know. But uh, he hasn't uh, he hasn't made, like, any sales or any, he hasn't recruited any people, I should say, signed any people. Yeah. So it's a, and you recognize a bunch of the actors in it too, but it's a, it's just a, it's, it's a real take on, I guess, uh, a real, but in a funny way, a take on how football players tend to, you know, blow a lot of their money fast. And when they retire, they're, they basically, you know, a lot of them are broke and just don't have, you know, the millions that they signed because they pissed it away on cars or homes or jewelry or, you know, taking care of, uh, every single friend and family member that they have. So in a sense, it's a, it's a real, wor- real world perspective on that, but um, it's got humor into it. It's, like I said, it's basically, if you like the show Entourage, you'll probably like Ballers. And it's on, um, I forget what night it's on now, shit, because I PBR it. But uh, On Sunday nights? Is it HBO that it's on? Yeah, it's HBO. It's on Sunday nights following True Detective. Which I haven't started watching yet, season two. Well, uh, what do you yeah, think? I, I saw a bit of the ballers, and it's garbage. Uh, although it has uh, Cordry in it, doesn't it? Rob Cordry. Yeah, Cordry plays uh, the Rock's uh, boss. Yeah, and everything that, I've seen, his scenes Alex. are predictably funny, and he's great. But uh, the Rock will throw you out of every scene because he, he just can't pull it off. Sorry, Joe. That's just according to you, man. True Detective season two. I was uh, I was kind of disappointed after the first episode. It seemed like like zero anything happened, like nothing, just a lot of staring at the wall. And uh, episode two happened, and uh, yeah, things are happening. Things are happening with this show. So give uh, True Detective Season 2 a chance. I'm not going to spoil anything, 
I'm just saying uh, that the tempo and the pacing really picks up for episode two. And uh, I see some real potential there for the rest of the season. Uh, Colin Farrell, who I normally really don't like, he's in it, but uh, he's tall as well. Great actor. Great actor. Uh, okay. Uh, Vince Vaughn is in it. And I thought he was going to be a detective, but uh, he's not a detective. It uh, turns out he's like a uh, he's like a high level uh, organized crime kind of guy. And uh, Rachel McAdams is another detective in the show. And everyone's on the edge, so that's pretty good. Um, but the show I wanted to talk to you about, I tell you to stop watching Ballers. Because right after Ballers is another new show called The Brink. And it has, uh, it's Tim Robbins back together with Jack Black in a political action comedy. That's all I can think is the best way to call it. And people just tuned out. No, I don't think so. It's um, Tim Robbins? Come on. Yeah, Tim Robbins is funny. No, he's not. It's boring. So it uh, it follows. I think it's uh, there's some really heated action between Pakistan, India, and Israel as normal, and uh, you know people uh, countries <clears throat> are getting their nuclear arsenals ready. So they're trying to the Americans are trying to defuse this this heavy situation. And you got Jack Black in there. He's on the ground in uh, Pakistan, and uh, Tim Robbins is a is a high-ranking secretary, you know, to the left of the president. And but he's a uh, he's a womanizer and a drinker and everything else. So that kind of comedy comes into it. But uh, it's it's really good. You should definitely check this out, and it's super fast. It, it goes by so fast. Mm-hmm. Do you remember uh, the first time Tim Robbins and Jack Black worked together? Nope. Do you remember the movie Bob... Because I probably never watched it. No, you wouldn't have because it was comedy. Do you remember uh, the movie Bob Roberts? Oh, yeah, everyone does. (laughs) That's the number one movie that ten people saw in the theater and you were probably there six of the times. (laughs) Holy fuck, dude. God damn it. Don't knock very... my shit and then you throw a fucking bullshit like that? How can you knock it if you haven't seen it? It was a really witty, satirical look at the political system. So, there you uh, go. It was Tim, Tim Robbins as like a right-wing folk singer who's um, running for office. I'm passing and, out already, dude. <laughs> and Tim Robbins actually brought Jack Black into that production. Jack Black had done nothing beforehand. This was his breakout role. And he played uh, a Bob Roberts groupie. And uh, you should check that out if you have a minute. Bob Roberts. Nope. <laughs> no. Go watch something with The Rock. Go watch... Uh, what you what should that, check out is something... What was that Tinkerbell movie he did? I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, Tooth Fairy. Sorry. Check out The Tooth Fairy with The Rock. Because that is awesome. If you say so. I see you smiling over there. Oh, boy. You are so, fucking frustrating, dude. <laughs> no, you are. 
So it's close. Like fucking mind. Albert Brooks or fucking Tim Robbins. Give me a break, man. What do you mean? Let's go, you like, do, uh, let's go watch him do that fucking hula hoop movie again. What hula hoop movie? Ah, the one by those two brothers. The one. The Hudsucker Proxy. God oh, yeah. Yeah, no one liked that movie at all. Exactly. Hey, speaking of movies, did you hear they're uh, trying to reboot the Tomb Raider series? No. Yeah, they're looking for a... They want a female director. How's so that going to make it any different? I, I don't know. I don't know. But they want to get that off the ground. And I guess there's, uh, as announced from E3, the new there's a new Tomb Raider game coming out. I think in the fall on Xbox, I think. I think and then, the last Tomb Raider game was actually supposed to be pretty good. Not yeah, it looked clear. good. This one's called, I think it's called Rise of the Tomb Raider. So it's a prequel. going to tell her origin of Tomb Raiding. And so they, I'm sure they'd want a movie hot on the heels of something like that. Who do they want to star in it? Uh, there's no mention of that yet. They don't even have a script. They have a writer, but... Uh, well, hopefully Albert Brooks can direct it and we can find a role for fucking Tim Robbins in there. As her dad, maybe? That would make it good. Jesus. You know, that that uh, kind of brings me to uh, something else uh, I no. heard uh, regarding the Spider-Man uh, franchise. As you know, Marvel has, has control of it again. Yep. Hey, why don't you look at me while I'm talking to you? I was looking at the floor. Because uh, all I can see is your small picture there, and what's the point? Yeah, uh, so I can... The big uh, picture's fucking cone bones head there. That's right. Like, I want to look at the redhead guy. All right. Uh, you know, the who is it? The pre, the CEO of Marvel or the president of Marvel, Kevin, Kevin Feige? You heard of that guy? Keep going. He's been talking a lot about uh, stuff that's going on within the Marvel Universe, and he was explaining a bit more of where they want to go with the Spider-Man thing. Because we had the uh, Tobey Maguire movies, which were amazing, of course, and uh, then you had the other two movies starring uh, What's-His-Head and What's-Her-Head. Oh, which um, were not amazing to you, right? Because it wasn't Sam Raimi? Well, yeah, precisely, and they were... They were, yeah, they were just trivial. You know, the the visuals were good. I love seeing Spider-Man in real life, but... Uh, anywho, this might get your attention. Exactly. The, the vibe they want to go with the next Spider-Man is a John Hughes vibe. They, they've already cast Peter I Parker. I understand. <laughs> they've cast Peter Parker. He's this uh, Tom Holland which is a young guy. So they're going back, you know, to a younger Spider-Man. And uh, it will be like the soap opera of high school, kind of like The Breakfast Club. It's one of your top movies, right? So they have... Marvel has all these, all these hero films already out, so they want to do something a little bit different with Spider-Man and give it a John Hughes vibe. And uh, they're looking at a, a new villain, a villain we haven't seen before on film. And this is the first time, too, that Spider-Man is 
in a world where other heroes exist. You know, whereas those early Spider-Man franchises, he was the only hero in New York, right? So they're going to add that to the mix. Where the thing he takes on is not not a world-ending peril, but just like a regular, everyday kind of supervillain. But one that's not going to end the world. Because there's other heroes there to help nowadays. <clears throat> John Hughes vibe? Doesn't get you excited? No, no man. Who cares? No, man. I think Who it's cares? silly. Let's get the rock in there. And uh, Mr. Feige also talked about Guardians of the Galaxy. He uh, slipped what it's title is going to be. They're calling it Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. To, uh... Yeah, I know. I'm going to talk huh? about that one, actually. Really? Each to the punch. And, on that vein, did you see X-Men uh, Days of Future Past no. yet? No? Nope. Was that a yes or a no? That was a No. Quit moving papers around. I can't hear you. You can't hear me. Your fucking oh. microphone is making so much noise I can barely hear you. All I hear is mumble, mumble, and paper going over there. That's your <laughs> mic. Your goddamn mic. I hope it doesn't get picked up and recorded. I can't hear my mic. I wish I could. So, anyways, uh, great movie, Days of Future Past. It seems that they're coming out with another uh, release of it called... Uh, the Rogue Cut, which is an entirely alternate cut of the movie, and it will have another 90 minutes of special features to go along with it. So, get that movie into you. Uh, yeah, deleted scenes from X-Men, Days of Future Past... Brian Singer's alternate version of the latest and greatest X-Men movie. Pick that up on July 14th. Yeah, or just wait and pick that up. They probably well, have both uh, cuts on it. Well, the next chapter in the director's screen saga, X-Men Apocalypse debuts May 27th, 2016. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a bunch of good movies coming out. You and I saw that um, uh, another trailer for the Ant-Man movie. And for something that I thought was going to be a piece of crap, uh, when they first teased it and talked about it, I tell you, man, this trailer has really turned my perspective on it. Yeah, there's a lot of TV spots out, too, for it. So, it's, uh, it's looking good, and... It'll be funny. Yeah, and I like Paul Rudd too, so I hope it's I hope it's successful for him. I think so. They're already talking uh, prequel for the next one. Um, I don't know how they're going to pull that off because uh, you know Hank Pym is played by uh, what's his uh, head there, Michael uh, Douglas. Michael Douglas, and he's pretty old, <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know how they do a prequel. But uh, they're going to, apparently, and they're going to do something with uh, Wasp. I don't know if she's going to get her own movie or is going to be part of the prequel, or mm. but she's going to play a bigger role. I think she was married to Hank Pym, wasn't she, in the comics? 
Never read it, man. Hmm. I don't know anybody who followed Ant Man, to be honest with you. Uh, some other movie news, man. They're making a female version of 21 Jump Street, I guess, to go along with that Ghostbusters one. Mm. That's no what we were asking for. Yep. Uh, there's a movie called The Forever War starring your man Channing Tatum. It's a sci-fi offering based on Joel Haldeman's 1974 award-winning novel. It's an interstellar flick. And apparently it's been in development for decades. And there's a comic book on it too. Hmm. So I wonder if that would be any good. Uh, have you heard any more news on the, uh, the He-Man feature? Well, that's been in the works for a while. The He-Man feature, no. Not that I've looked into it, though. Have you? I remember just early news about uh, who they had for script and whatnot and trying to find directors, but I haven't heard anything more. If it's moved into production or not, I haven't heard. But uh, that would be something if that was pulled off properly. So I know when uh, DC relaunched He-Man, you know, was it two years ago? Uh, that comic series, was just it was great. It was such a, an interesting retelling. Be good I think I, uh, I managed to pick up a couple of them, but I don't think I started reading them yet. I'll have to remember that. Remind me to get, to get the rest. And didn't I hand you over all of them? <clears throat> Somebody else. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, I got it from you. Okay. So well done. Uh, Interesting not, story. I don't think there's an order to the ones you gave me, though. It, that's the thing. It's a really wacky order because uh, they just can't go, like, 1 to 24. They would do 1 to 3, and then issue 4 would actually be a Skeletor number 1 issue, you know. Oh, really? Fuck. Yeah. And then they'd go back into the series, and then they'd have an, just an Orco issue. And it's really confusing getting... So it's like trying to read, like, a Civil War series. Yeah, exactly. Which so I still can't figure out the order of what I need to read. Even though I've checked it out multiple, multiple sources online. There's uh, debates as to what order and even what issues you should read. Uh, to complete that Civil War saga. Well, there's enough of them there. It's like three gigs worth of comic books, I think. Yeah, I got most of them. Or if not all of them. I just don't know what the order is. Frustrating. Drink that beer. What kind is it today? I don't normally drink beer, but when I do, I drink Dos Equis. Oh, from the least interesting man in the world. What? Who, are you? <laughs> Speaking of which, don't you got to go to bed now? Yeah, I do. It's fair time. All right, go beat off and then go to sleep. <laughs> what, for the third time today? Oh, my God. Hey, old ladies. <laughs> it's all yours if you want them.
Well, thanks for sticking around with us through this uh, episode of Start to Continue number 39. Look for us on Twitter at STCPod and read our blog uh, www.stcpod.com. Or go to YouTube and check us out at youtube.com slash start to continue. And, uh, oh, we're always on iTunes. You can always check iTunes out. Yeah. You're always talking about Apple. We're on iTunes. But we're, but we're not on Facebook. We are not on Facebook. Not going to uh, happen. And follow me on Twitter at AC Decepticon or check out my blog spot, www. Angry Canadian Decepticon dot All right, man. Take us out. You want to say it? Ah, you, you go with the flow, dude. The flow is posted and posted.